Welcome, oh my gosh, in the company of trees. That's the name of this podcast, and my name is Tobin Mitnick, and I'm a Jew who loves trees. And today, we've got Chef John Kung on the pod. A lot of fun was had by all between me and John. I'm so happy we got to finally chit-chat to talk about things. And um, we managed to hit a lot of a lot of things on on in this combo. Gosh, what do we ta- we talked about? Um, we talked about shirtless paddle boarding. That was a real topic of conversation. Um, uh, metaphors for the uh, the comp- complex metaphors for the shape of Michigan. Um, the the time that he almost died on Influencer Mountain. Um, that's what we refer to Runyon Canyon as. Um, and of course, his new book, his new book, Kung Fu, which is out. Um, in like exactly one week, I believe November 3rd, really exciting stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, we had a lot of fun just like chatting and making each other laugh. And, uh, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I hope so. And, uh, yeah, you'll just kind of get to hear us talking, um, a note, um, uh, instead of running the audio through an audio filter, I kind of just left it as, as was, and so it's going to sound like John and I are kind of like walking on the street, maybe walking through Detroit, you know, where John's from and where he, I mean, not where he's from, but where he lives. And, you know, maybe you kind of like think we're like, we're kind of like gritty dudes, kind of like mocking the world around us, like with leather jackets and cigarettes. Um, I don't smoke cigarettes and I look ridiculous in leather jackets. Uh, I wish you would have told me that when I was 21, but I had to find out from experience. What I'm trying to say is that I think you'll get used to the audio after a second, and then you'll just be able to enjoy us talking about um, complete and utter nonsense for about an hour. Um, so yeah, John Kung, so much fun. Buy Kung Food. It comes out very, 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 very soon. And um, let's do the tree pair, and we'll get to it. Great. In the company of trees, I feel whole. In the company of trees, I feel home. With trees, I am tinglier. With trees, I am minglier. I raise my cup of water and pour it at your roots so you can drink your health all the way out through your shoots. May you grow your fill and help me to grow mine. Thank you, trees. Damn, actually. <laughs> yeah, let's keep the energy up in this outdoors-focused nature podcast. <laughs> it's not hard with you. It's great. Okay. Ah, here we go. Chef Gaunt. <laughs> great start. We're off to I a nailed great it. start. Okay, I'm going to try this again. Chef John Kung, TikTok star, induction stove top advocate, notorious uggo. Welcome to In the Company of Trees. It's so nice to have you with us after a few years just, you know, spent admiring what you do, how you have time for it, how you have time to be a professional chef at the same time that you're writing a book, at the same time that you're making uh, freaking primo content, and also just like you're an expert editor, you're an expert in ASMR. Oh my god, I forget which video I, w- I just watched of yours. I think it was the um, dicing green tomato. I think you were dicing green tomatoes. I was like, he's using, he does every single piece of audio from the cleaver hitting the board, and every single one. And like, um, okay, w- whatever. We put that behind us. Anyway, you've inspired a bajillion people with the idea that food is personal, but practical, and can also be quite sexy. I mean, you're John Kung. What else do I have to say? I have one question. I have one question. Would you rather spend eternity with your shirt on, or eternity with your shirt off? Um, can I answer this with a follow-up question? Yes. Where is eternity? 
Whoa, gosh. Oh, we're getting deep first. Okay, I'm going to yeah. push aside the categories that I had for our conversation. <laughs> um, I might have to delete Kung Tu, the Kunganing. The rest of the podcast. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Honestly, great. Let's spend it here. Oh, where is eternity? Let's say eternity is right here on planet Earth because let's be responsible human beings that want to see planet Earth uh, survive for a little while longer. Okay. Well, you just live forever. My, my, oh, well, in that case, probably off. I'll just stay somewhere warm. Oh, okay, that's great. But don't you like cozy things? Don't you like to be cozy? I do. I do like cozy things, but unfortunately, I also overheat. And I'm, I'm the type of person that would like, I would rather be cold than I would be... Mm-hmm. Hot because I'm the type. I, I, I also like sweat a lot, and I'm just yes. like uncomfortable. And nobody likes clamminess ever. No, and so it's just it's just no. a whole thing. No, I'm so happy you just mentioned clamminess because um, I'm trying to figure out uh, Halloween idea practical things for my daughter who just you know wants to be Elsa, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and from Frozen. Uh, if anybody's listening, that will consume your life at one point if you ever had a daughter, just like <laughs> grin it and bear it, whatever. Um, and let it, it made go, me think of what do you say? Let it go, as I say. <sighs> yeah, let it go. Let go <laughs> any idea of anything ever being okay again. Um, and I was thinking about when I was a child, like running around some neighborhood trick or treating, and having on like plastic touching my cold, sweating body all over my body, and then like the smell of your own like gross spit inside of my mask. And I was like, did we enjoy that? Like, did I enjoy that? The ex- pure expression of clamminess? Um, <laughs> I actually don't recall any. I, I remember, like, one of my f- few actual childhood Halloween costumes was a Batman one. Yeah. And the mask was too small for my fat little head. And so, like, it only came, like, halfway down the nose. But I didn't really care about how co- uncomfortable I was because I was... Batman, and so yeah. in that world, they're like, "Oh yeah, Bruce Wayne, yeah, it's John yeah. Kong." I mean, and I was John Batman Kong in is, like is Toronto, really so it was oh, cold, and yeah. so like, oh, I actually made it, yeah. The, my mom made me wear a jacket over my costume anyway. It was that I, that That's just humiliating. Came there, there's some trauma there. Uh, yeah, we're off to a good start. Why don't we talk about your costume traumas? <laughs> costume trauma. Costume, costume trauma. trauma. <laughs> I mean, we've all got some. Uh, it, this is a nice little segue. Speaking of costumes, I read somewhere that you you uh, were getting a degree in theater. Is it true? I was. I was. Are you a theater person too? I, w- I was a theater major. Major. John. Ah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, the the theater major to TikTok pipeline is pipeline is is, is massive. It's close sure. to a hundred percent. It's like, yeah. it's like a solid yeah. 97, 98, 99%. Because for a while there, it was every, it was every TikTok, it was, it was every theater kid's dream. It was like, it was. I can be, I can play yeah. pretend in my room? Yep. I, I can, what can I do? What can I do? <laughs> oh, I can act out scenes from Chekhov playing every character? Like, what a dream. It's no, it's so real too. Because like I think like Alexis Nicole also yeah. had like mentioned that she was a theater kid. Even like, even like more serious TikTokers like uh, the Korean vegan Joanne Molinaro. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if she was a full out theater kid, but she I remember one long long video, and she actually did a, a, a little singing performance of, on one of her videos. She might have deleted Fabulous. it by now, but she was good, and she was like a performer. So I was like, this is. So this is where we all ended up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> TikTok was just like, 
theater kid pen like an encampment for theater kids during the pandemic is just where we all decided to hang out oh my god <laughs> nature inclined theater kids all <laughs> gather here on this social app yeah where yeah where is the where is the uh there is the investigative piece from like new york mag on everybody's theater background that that achieved any kind of tiktok fame i'd really like to read that wait um, there's a wait that it was on the new yorker Oh no! But I'm saying I oh. want to. I I would like to read that if it. Oh were to my exist. god! Yeah, no, no. That really needs to be like. What was it? Playbill? Is that the the Broadway <laughs> magazine? They need to do an expose. Yes, one hundred percent expose. <laughs> TikTok stars exposed. exposed. <laughs> not me, not me. I only minored in theater. <laughs> Don't look at me. Musical theater. Musical. Theater. <laughs> no, what did I major? I majored in theater arts, and my uh, my thesis which was like a combined acting thesis with a written paper was on eastern dissident theater like Václav Havel and like like really intense stuff oh you so, were academic theater you were like dramaturg well you were that like was, they made they kind of like that was the only thing available at where I was and I did an acting concentration so I could like uh... but you had to be serious in your right in your written component of it um, so looking at that now, I'm like, wow, I really got into it. Very cool. <laughs> um, but those guys were good. They were smart. And, you know, their theater was, like, really important or something. Like, actually important theater, you know. Um, but anyway, okay, cool. So I want to talk about the idea of... We don't have to get into the kitchen aspect of it yet, but we, I do want to talk about the third culture aspect of your life. I want to talk about your childhood in... You were born in Hong Kong? Um, no, I was born in Los Angeles. You were born in L.A. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so, what, what are when? What ages are we talking about moving to, moving to Hong this Kong? That moving place? to her, Okay. Yeah. This best. This yes. Best. So I was born in Hong Kong, and I was there for any. I can't remember if it was like eight weeks or oh, eight wow. months. Okay. Either way, eight something, and it was a very short amount of time. And then we were in Hong Kong, and then was in Hong Kong up to the age of three or four before we moved to Toronto. Okay. And then I was in Toronto until I was 16, finished off high school in Hong Kong until I was 18, and then since then, I've been in Michigan. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, like, earliest, flutteriest memories, memories are probably from Hong Kong? I would say so. Um, not very much. Like, I, you know, memory, like, just flashes of random images. I remember being on one of those, like, I remember being on one of those big, like, fan boats. If you ever saw, like, mm-hmm. classic images of Hong Kong and stuff like that, I was on one of the, I remember being on one of those boats, probably one of, like, the last ones before they all just became replicas. Yeah. And that was in the, like, early 80s. And He's dating himself. Uh, I am dating myself, but it's fine. It's fine. If if you haven't figured out by how tired I always sound, like, I am an elder millennial. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Um, And then I also remember, like, it might have been, like, my mom and my dad playing, like, a Nintendo system, like, the original (laughs) one together. (laughs) Like, cool. and playing Ice Climbers, like, the original Ice Climbers. I don't know Ice Climbers. That sounds dangerous. Yeah. No, it's just like an, an it was a Nintendo video game where you had to just keep jumping. So it was like life. Life, yeah, exactly. Cool. <laughs> Climbing ice all the time. Could slip at any point. Right. Yeah, pretty cool. Okay, so our earliest memories are of a fan boat and ice climbers. Really exciting. Mm-hmm. And then you pop over 
to um, Toronto mm-hmm. at age four. And what are some of your what are some of your most visceral memories of your childhood in Toronto? Uh, I I would remember going to like a dim sum restaurant like every mm-hmm. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom at that point was a single mom, and she would still like take us off every Sunday to have dim sum with like her girlfriends, and it was honestly like great it was a great food memory and it was like just one restaurant at the time i think it was called the pink pearl and now it's a chain if it's okay. still around so yeah. like you got in on the yeah. ground floor yeah i got in on the ground floor i was, a, was the original, the original you were at the movie. at the what was it at the pink pearl pop-up pink pearl pop-up <laughs> that's awesome. perfect perfect pink pearl pop-up um but we also lived in a suburb so it was like as uneventful as living in a suburb of Canada could or Ontario could be. Um, mm-hmm. I actually like didn't really have any like. I don't think anything really interesting happened to me until <laughs> I was like in high school back in Hong Kong living. What do you mean child. interesting? What do you mean interesting? Uh well, uh, by sixteen years old, I was bartending illegally at what? a bar. What? <laughs> yeah. Sixteen, you were illegally bartending. Yeah, yeah. So what the passion, age... you followed your passion all the way to behind the bar. That's beautiful. I did. <laughs> I did. It it was um, it was this hole in the wall bar called Chop Chop, and this guy there was operating without a liquor license, and so oh, yeah. to because like every. And the drinking age in Hong Kong is 18, so 16 is not that far off. And nobody really carded. If you looked 18, like, you know, you were, it was fine. This sounds like um, Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so since he was operating without a liquor license, um, it was pretty popular among high schoolers to go drink there. But mm-hmm. I remember, like, you know, helping out. And we went from helping out to me just being there regularly. Um <laughs> Just making Midori sours in oh, yeah. coffee mugs and telling people, enjoy your juice. Wow. Enjoy <laughs> yeah. your juice. Enjoy your juice. So let me um, pitch you the next John Kung, uh, Chef John Kung book, which is Chef John Kung, Enjoy Your Juice. Enjoy Your Juice. That is it's a juice book. Perfect. It is Good. a juice. <laughs> it's a juice book. Yeah. Yeah, I was done with cooking, all that induction stove <laughs> no. controversy. Controversy. Now, juice. Yeah. <laughs> It's easy to be unproblematic with juice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong with juice. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's been yet canceled by the juice lobby. <laughs> juice com. Oh, my God. Okay, so you're in Toronto. You're 16 years old. You're um, illegally bartending at Chop Shop, at the mm-hmm. Chop Shop pop-up. And um, you're, you're enjoying your juice with everybody else. And is food on the brain? Is food yet on the brain? Um, No. Not not cooking wise. Um, I'd never been afraid of being in the kitchen. Like even when I was younger, like five or six years old, like my mom gave me a little microwave egg poacher, and I would like make me and my little brother like breakfast. But I wasn't cooking to any kind of like meaningful degree mm-hmm. until I was already in Detroit, and I was actually going to law school. Well, after after yeah yeah, I have a law degree. <laughs> You're, you have a passion for the... You have a law degree? <laughs> yeah, I do. Wow. Can you... What about a... I have always thought a tort kind of sounded like a delicious sandwich. Um, I mean, yeah. Wait, isn't it? Isn't a tort I think sandwich? it's a... Is it a torta? Is that a, oh, sorry, is that a, a Mexican torta. sandwich? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a pun possibility there that I don't want you to forget about since you have a law degree. Um, <laughs> so, the, that the would tort. work. 
tort, <laughs> tort parentheses a pop up. Hey, <laughs> that would be perfect. I yeah, I I actually specialized in criminal law, and I worked for the at the prosecutor's office for like two my last two years of law school, and I was about to get a job there before I decided to cook full time. So while I was studying law, I was also teaching myself how to cook because in my mind it was the only thing, it was the only creative thing that I could do mm-hmm. that justified taking myself away from studying yep. law. It was, really, it was a really practical creative outlet. Yeah, like, yeah, because yeah. like it was, it was like it was time spent like staying alive, but also yeah. kind of having fun while doing it. Which when you're in law school, there's just there was very little opportunity to experience that yeah i um but also later as things went as things went on like i went from just like teaching myself to cook to also operating like a pop-up business in detroit one of detroit's first like pop-up kitchen restaurant uh situations and you know um once i decided to let go of oh sorry Hold on. Do you hear that? That's my... <laughs> that could be... Well, you could also hear a baby screaming at any given second. Oh, okay. Um, so cool. Why, cool. Why my laundry's done. with the background yeah. noise <laughs> yeah. apologies? Because okay. they're going to be a constant, and I'm going to run this the hell through a filter. You better <laughs> run it, so don't worry. <laughs> this, this, this podcast is very real. Very yeah. real. Yeah. Very yeah. Getting life. real. Getting real. With tongue <laughs> yeah. Getting real. Um... So yeah, uh, once I once I like fully just invested myself into cooking, that's when I started to work for restaurants and also um, open my own. I had a private kitchen for like six years up until the pandemic, and then the and then it hit. And mm-hmm. of course, I, I running an illegal restaurant in Detroit. I certainly wasn't going to do that when people were getting sick and stuff. So. Yeah. I shut down and I pivoted to content, and the rest is kind of like, yeah, the, the yeah. rest, is, the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. the, the rest is way, way too well documented to. Waste the way, that yeah, here. exactly. The rest is, <laughs> the rest words fail us. Yeah, uh, because you can go online and you can see that. See we, it all. We literally can't. <laughs> we're, we, if we tried to tell it, if we tried to tell a story about, you know. Our, our first pieces of content and how things went, people would be like, that's incorrect. And we'd be like, why? And they'd be like, because you documented it in a completely different way. And, and we'd be like, oh, I guess um, you can't rely on us <laughs> right. ever to tell our own stories ever again because right. we exist more in the virtuosphere than we do in real life, which is... We do now, <laughs> which is why, and that only happened in a couple years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been a weird few years. But I, I remember reading somewhere that you you like you had big plans scuttled by the by the pandemic right like you were just about to embark on something big what was it yeah i was just about to like open my restaurant i had i had i was in the middle of i was in the middle of at the deconstruction phase at the dem at the demolition phase of this building that i had lived in during the pandemic um the downstairs, we had we had just like torn everything down, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it literally hit, and nobody could work, and we were I was stuck in this like kind of dilapidated building. Thank goodness the upstairs was still fine, so it was like our apartment, and 
we turned the kitchen that I did all my pop-ups in into mm-hmm. like a dining room and then later on film studio for oh, cool. okay. the for for the TikTok. Um, yeah, that's but, part of the appeal of like your the like part of the thing I love so much about your videos is the industrial nature of your surroundings and how it doesn't feel like it's ever done, being done in a kitchen per se. They're all done in a living space that yeah. feels industrial. So it almost is like, oh, John lives the way he cooks. Right, right. And, and it was, it, it was, it was interesting too because nobody believed that I would. People would always during the like earlier stages of TikTok, people were like, "You're not supposed to leave the house. Why are you in a restaurant? Do you live in the restaurant?" And I was like, "No, there's a restaurant in my house." Like, why is this so hard to understand? Why is this so there's hard to understand? <laughs> What it, you plebes get, get, in the, get in the know? It's just like your restaurant in your house. Your house. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like it's perfect. These people would be like, "Wait, this guy's always hanging out with trees," and I'd be like, "No, those are just the trees in my house, <laughs> like in yours." And it's the perfect response. Yeah. I'm gonna have to take that. Yeah, just responding, <laughs> responding as the most solipsistic TikTok person in the world. This is reality because this is my reality. Don't you understand? That is everyone in the comments. God, oh, the comments. This doesn't like... apply to me. Why is <laughs> this? Yeah, you miss the comment. You miss you miss the combative nature of the comments, don't you? I saw that one video where you're like, oh, "Gotta bring back. Gotta I bring do. back." There was like, I mean, I think, I think, I, I was, I'm just kind of. I'm getting a little bit bored of what TikTok seems to be becoming, mm-hmm. because it was there. It was truly, it was truly a magical dysfunctional. It was, <laughs> it was so chaotic. Yeah. Well, I would but really enjoy was, engaging people at the beginning. Yeah. I would really like. I would. It would be like. It would be like dumbness interspersed with real questions, and so I could be like, "Oh, cool! I can answer this person's question about trees, and then go right over to this person and make a like an idiotic comedic comment that like functions as a dunk without like, right. you know, overt dunking on them or something." Right. Um, exactly. And but I, I think like people, unfortunately, with like success, um, and now that like just being on there, we it's technically having like a professional hat on, and also. Once we got to be, once we got to be people of like certain size on the internet, like those kinds of responses are just so massively outweighed yeah. by the following, and that is just like not, it's not even fun anymore. Like punching down, sh- yeah, right, shouldn't it's be like, fun. It's not fun if yeah. you're like probably a decent person of any kind. So yeah. like, once I, I think I think I was like at three hundred. I think it was 300k followers before I was like before I did like some quirky or 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 like some bitchy response to a comment and then I was just like you know what then I think this part is over. Yeah, I know. I, I know. <laughs> I, I love how you're giving me equal standing with you um, <laughs> in terms of in terms of your popularity and follower count. So we're just gonna leave that. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's keep on that track. It's lovely. Um, I'll take those compliments. Thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> okay, now I want to talk about. Uh, now that we've we've complained a little bit about TikTok, which we can absolutely do some more if you want to, <laughs> uh, I would love to do that because I just also I just like don't post on it anymore because I'm just like I have no ideas. Oh. Like when you start doing podcast stuff, you think way more in, in long form ideas, and then I think your short your short content brain kind of fizzles out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
trying to get that back. Um, okay, let's go on now to Kung in the Outdoors. <laughs> let's talk about paddle boarding. Let's talk about exposing your midriff <laughs> to the people of Detroit. Let's talk about it. So I think I started paddle boarding. I was paddle boarding in the city, I would say, like, I was definitely one of the first people to like paddleboard regularly on the Detroit River outside of like in Detroit because the first few times I would do it I would always get stopped by the Coast Guard asking me what the fuck was I doing. Have you ever uh, done a legal thing in your entire life? Like all you I do mean, is bartend illegally, right? do restaurants illegally, <laughs> yeah. do paddleboarding illegally by the and get stopped by the Coast Guard? I'm sure I have, but I don't remember it fondly. So you mean the Coast uh, Guard was just asking for your number? They were, I mean, I, I mean, I probably would have given it. I'm a sucker for people in uniform, so, uh, yeah, no, the, I was definitely one of the first, first few people to do it, and it exploded within, like, the recent few years, mm-hmm. um, but it, it had been something that I'd always been, uh, that I'd been doing, but I didn't show it in my content probably until this year, mm-hmm. because, like you, um, like you just said, I was a running out of ideas. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, B, yeah. like, you know, it was, I also didn't have, for the longest time, I also didn't have a car that could carry the paddleboard to the river mm-hmm. until I got my truck. And it was just all, it was all just practical reasons why I wasn't able to, like, make content and stuff. Also, with, between the, pa- I also got a GoPro this year, and that yes, was, I, I was never going to use my fro phone. Um, I would, I would never be like brave enough to use my phone to record myself on the water. Um, so cool. yeah, it's just a bunch of reasons. Um, yeah. but I do really enjoy the outdoors. You can't really, I mean, living in Michigan and not enjoying being outside is mm-hmm. such a waste. Um, tell, tell me been... your favorite things about Mish. About Michigan? Do they call, oh, do they call it like Mish or Mi- no? They should. Okay. Like, <laughs> like Mitch. Like... Yeah. <laughs> the state you, named Mitch. What do you like most about Mitch? <laughs> Mitch. <laughs> He's a big um, guy. Well, like besides the fact that, you know, there's I could give you like the regular statistic. There's more coastline on the state than anywhere else in the country. Mm-hmm. So there's just tons all the access to fresh water. Sleeping Bear Dunes has been regularly been voted as the most beautiful place in the United States of America. Yes. And we just, like, have tons of that. And Michigan, like, if you like to be outside, and if you like to be around, like, natural, beautiful things, like, Michigan's just a really nice place to get to be. <sighs> I would love to hang out in Michigan. Yeah. I want to hang out. Are we talking about the, are we talking about the oven mitt of Michigan? Or are we talking about yes. the, uh, I'm going to give these my particular names for them because... I forget what people usually refer to them as. What is it? The bear paw? Oh yeah, no, no. It's the 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 mitten. The mitten oh, is, is the, the greater part of the state. It's yeah. it's like it is Michigan itself. So people can actually like people like actually like raise their hand, show you the palm of their hand, and like point on the hand where in the in Michigan they live. And then there's the Upper Peninsula, which um, I don't really know what shape that is in, but it's, it's a, it it's yeah a crooked hand shape. It's, I would say. That you know what that is that the the shape that you're doing is is, is this a video podcast? Yes. Well, we'll do some like clips. Okay. Well, perfectly. Well, you're Probably doing it perfect, part. better than I I ever could. Um, <laughs> kind of like a beak, um, situation. Uh, I live in the beak. Yeah. Yeah, I live in the beak. 
But uh, Upper Peninsula is absolutely gorgeous. Um, there's a town up there called Marquette, Michigan, that is right on Lake Superior. And if you like to run, Lake Superior, like people don't understand just how big that lake it, it is. The biggest. It is the yes. biggest lake. The biggest, biggest lake. It is the biggest um, lake. And it's so big and so deep that it actually doesn't start to get warm until October. Because it's just, it has carryover cold from the wintertime throughout the seasonal summer. And now it's starting to get warm. But even then, we're talking about like 38 degrees in the water. But so if you can imagine running, going on a run in 85 degree weather and then just having access to like 35 degrees of water clear crystal clear fresh water just like right next to you and just jumping in and then getting back out best experience in the world as a person who runs because it's in like it's like running next to a cold dunk pool yeah and do you get i mean do you get a breeze from the water off if it's like a hot day like not really because the sun up there also like beats down pretty hard Mm -hmm. oppressive yeah yeah i understand Ah, oh, that's so dreamy. Let's talk more about running. How many miles yeah. do you run a week, John? Uh, a week. Well, now once again, I am a I am a quintessential, I guess, fair weather runner. Oh, once it gets below a certain temperature level, and I haven't, and I can no longer adjust to the cold. I, I would say like my my limit is probably like fifty degrees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If it gets below fifty degrees. Um, I'm not gonna go out. I'm not gonna I go. Out. I also do not like running indoors, like I treadmills. It. It's I the hate worst. Treadmills. Yeah, I hate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I, I hate them, but I just think it's like extremely boring. Um, so, yeah. But then, like, I have no upper limit. Like, I it can be a hundred. I've I've run in the desert before. Um, it's the most. Don't... It's a wonderful experience to be like super, like hyper hydrated, and just mentally prep for the idea that you're going to torture yourself a little bit that afternoon and probably have mm-hmm. a really great time. Yeah. Like, yeah just yeah, yeah. going for a five or six mile run. And I'm not advocating this at all. John and I are not advocating this at all. Don't <laughs> listen to us. This is actually could kill somebody. Yeah. You know, what's cool. Like hanging off of a 4,000 <laughs> foot cliff with like <laughs> your pinky. No. Um, but the element of like, if you're sufficiently prepped for something, anything can be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the it be, and like you said, sweating is actually awesome. Like yeah, it's As difficult for, well, for me. If, yeah. if you were like you know out out there and you have sweating without repercussions or having to actually feel it, um, is is fantastic. Uh, but that being said, it, it doesn't get that hot in Michigan. Certainly, hardly ever. We have humidity. It doesn't make it nice, but yeah. So we have no humidity out here, but exactly. That's the thing. See, I'm running in a hundred degree weather, but it's completely dry. So that's the equivalent of running in like 80 or 85 degree weather in Michigan or something. Yeah. When it's 80 or 85 degrees here is like running through soup. I will say my, my best running experience um, happened in Seattle this year uh, because that air is like drugs. Like (gasps) I've never experienced air so clean that I got a little loopy, and I was I was I was prepared to go on like a five or six mile run, mm-hmm. but I was just so I was just so addicted to like yeah. breathing up there that I ran a half marathon, <gasps> just 
out of the, just because I was like, I don't want to stop. <laughs> what, a, what a rare and wonderful run that is. Like that's, yeah. those things will happen every so yeah. often. And you're like, I have the time. I feel wonderful. Like I'm, I'm not like training her for anything that's going to mess this up or, and I, you just kind of like, Oh, I have that running freedom feeling that is, yeah. that gets harder and harder to find as you run more and more in your life because running yeah. becomes like routine. Yeah. Um, and then magical strike. And it's like, I remember I had this one. Oh, this was actually, it was a training run for a marathon, but I, I was visiting my wife in, um, what's the ultra? Oh, San Moritz, Switzerland. I went Whoa. with her on a business trip cause she's works in the art world. Um, and her art gallery had an opening there and San Moritz, um, they had like, you know, the winter Olympics and, I forget when it was, 1960, like 58 or something like that. And they have this one lake, which has like a two-mile loop around it. And I was really looking forward to going for a run there, but I got there and it was absolutely ice-packed and covered in snow. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't run on that with like, you know, my road running shoes. I'll slip. This ruins my whole training (laughs) thing. Neurotic. Um, And I didn't sleep for whatever reason that night, probably because I was um, jet-lagged. And I got up at like 4 a.m. and I went outside and I was the only person out in San Moritz. And I was like, oh, fuck. I'll just like do a little jog. I'll do a little jog around the around the lake, this frozen lake where they did all of the like Olympic things in like 1958. And I started and I went out and I had my North Face on and like my nose was frozen within like five seconds and I had like a weird beard of icicles and I was like this is I think I have a better grip on this ice than I thought I would (laughs) and I just kind of kept going and going and I did like one loop around it was like two miles in I was like okay maybe I can start doing a little bit of my of my workout now and I started like doing intervals or whatever and then out of nowhere the sun hit the top of a mountain that was surrounding San Moritz like a little diamond and I was like (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) like, and then I was like now I'm in it now I'm in it and it was just like and then it was all over by like 545 and I was like I think I just had one of the most accidental and profound experiences of my life yeah um and it was like Especially like you're in this like different place, and I'm sure it was super picturesque. My worst running experience um, was actually in Los Angeles. Dare you? How dare you? Come on! I'm I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. And what had happened was, uh, I almost died on run. Oh God! So Chef John Kong. So here is Chef John Kong. We today we mourn (laughs) Chef John Kong, who is. After, <laughs> after trying to photograph himself <laughs> next to next to a designer breed uh, Saint Bernard, <laughs> tumbled backwards into the briars <laughs> and was it, found impaled upon a palm tree. It oh was God. okay. So not far off. So um, I did not realize. It, I don't remember what time of year this was, but. Mm. I didn't realize that in Los Angeles, when the sun goes down, mm-hmm. it gets very dark. It like, does, so, yes. like, you cannot see, like, two feet in front of you unless you had your phone flashlight on. And mm-hmm. that was the situation. I was running up on Runyon. I went up, like, the dirt path. Yep. 
um, like yeah, the, the that side one. that is not that that you have to like climb over stuff, and it was with it the, was the not, one with the with the wooden planks that eventually yes. make the steps at the top. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I was on that, and when I got to the top, the sun had already set, and I realized that there was no path. And this was like I think my second time on in Runyon, first time there by myself. Yeah, and so. I was running back and forth trying to find a path to get me back down. Mm-hmm. And I ended up by some houses and then I was like this isn't right. And then I so I and then I ran I tried to backtrack. Yeah. And yeah, that wasn't right. Yeah. yeah. I, know exa- <laughs> I know exactly where you are. Yeah, you're you've just come out on Mulholland, which is like the most dangerous road in all of Los Angeles. <laughs> Okay, well, there were, there I was. And then yeah. finally I got to a place where I saw the actual, like, kind of like the concrete thing. And it seemed close enough below me that I just tried to slide down. <laughs> and quickly, when I realized that I couldn't stop, I grabbed onto a... I managed to grab onto a bush and... Then I remembered that there are snakes in California, and I was like, "There are there are rattlesnakes here." Yes, there are. And I are and there might might be mountain lions. Garrett, yes, granted, are. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, things. and this was like when I was just starting to reach like a some kind of upper height of my TikTok flip, uh, fame, <laughs> and so in my TikTok. mind, the headlines flashed before <laughs> my eyes, like. Like yeah. Detroit, Detroit TikToker dies on influencer mountain in Los Angeles, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I, yeah, I am not. This is not how my story ends. I just, I just started making like actual student loan payments, and and so I clawed myself back up. And so to people Dreamy. who don't understand, Runyon, if you do the whole thing, it's like four miles. Yeah, it's not, like, it's not if like you good. take the long way around. Mm-hmm. I had been going back and forth so much that I logged ten miles on my watch <laughs> trying to get off this fucking thing. That sounds like purgatory. That sounds like <laughs> actual purgatory. <laughs> no, Sir, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, sorry. Let's amend the question from the beginning of the episode. And so I had my your... shirt off then. Yeah, exactly. So... Shirt off or and it was cold. forever in Runyon. <laughs> Somebody said, Tobin Mitnick, you have to spend the rest of eternity in Runyon. I would just, I would say, well, what's hell like? What's hell like? Yeah, right. What's hell like? Because I might change my mind. Ah, oh, I'm, oh, what a nightmare. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit more about, let's talk a little bit more about um, Kung Food. Chinese American recipes from a third culture kitchen. Very excited. Yeah. So I talked yeah. to you a little bit, bef- a, a little bit before the episode started about how um, this thing is gearing up. Releases November 2nd, what is it? Oh, so November 2nd is the UK release. October okay. 31st, Spooky, oh. is the United States, U.S. Canada release. Ooh, I love so that. So that's when it comes out. <laughs> Are you going to be in costume announcing uh, the book on TikTok uh, that's published uh, that day? Or? I have already, like, well, this is, that you're, you're usable. this is how YouTube works. I already filmed <laughs> the um, YouTube episode uh, of me in the costume doing the announcement and doing the YouTube video that... that announces it so Mm -hmm. i will technically be in costume but because i will already be on tour Mm -hmm. and basically i have to dress for three climates out of one suitcase i unfortunately will not have a costume for the actual day 
Okay. Well, that's not exactly the kind of commitment that I would expect from a theater kid, but <laughs> uh, I guess you guys can still buy it. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, recovering, recovering theater kid. <laughs> recovering theater. Because aren't we all child? Oh, we should all get together. Everybody, every every TikTok theater influencer weirdo should all get together and, and go see a production of like uh, like Phantom in New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And all of us backstage with like the guy who plays like, you know, whatever with like Christine like. <laughs> You're right. I feel like Wicked might be our phantom. Ooh, yeah. Sorry, let <laughs> yeah. me take it back. It, it's uh, Wicked. Or if, or if Into the Woods comes back, we'd be like, yeah. Some of that Into the Woods. Um, okay, cool. So, so what? The other thing I was like, I remember a couple of years ago when you did the the Naruto themed like ramen dishes, mm-hmm. is like the incorporation of your pop culture passion into into cooking like why why do you think those two things work well like the what is it the margaret cho one like oh the margaret cho yeah it's just like, <laughs> the asian the asian chicken salad yeah the asian chicken salad it's yeah. just like why do you think that these two things work well together because i feel that way as well i feel like i can't separate my experiences in nature from how I think about the world on an everyday like basis. Like I can't help comparing like trees to celebrities. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's it's just how we express our creativity and our creative mediums. We can if you become skilled enough at a thing, you'll be able to express your other loves through this thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was a natural extension like my love for film and animation just translated in my mind so easily into food that even before I was on TikTok, I was doing these themed dinners based off of Hayao Miyazaki films. And that's actually how, like, yeah, I gained respect in the Detroit culinary community for doing these dinners. And so I think the first couple of years of TikTok, um, I was only just... Uh, unless unless it was like those Naruto themed ones, which were which was actually like my first brand deal ever, mm-hmm. um, and they what a fun one to do. Uh, but a lot of them were a lot of the content that I had been making up to that point that was like cross genre or um, was all just like old menu items that I had been doing in Detroit for years. Oh, cool! Yeah. It was already in the can. I did yeah. that. Sweet. Can you tell me a little bit about um, some of the Miyazaki? Some of the Miyazaki themed dinners. Can you tell yes. Me what, what's a Totoro dinner like? So that one I didn't actually. I didn't do. <gasps> I didn't do Totoro. Um, didn't I do wanted like that was like tree in, infused. I, yeah, something. something? That, with the with with the adorable box lunches. Um, yeah. I, I actually I went I selected um, films that were actually easier to emulate. The first film that I did, um, and it was the only series. It was the first series that I did. Um, was based off of Princess Mononoke, another amazing, like, iconic, outdoorsy nature nature yeah. film. Um, and I did a menu based off of that, off of characters, off of the characters themselves, because, you know, the, some of the characters were boars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was, like, such, like, amazing imagery to go off of. So I used, for one of the dishes, for example, there was, you know how there was a scene where this one boar that was, like, just covered in those squiggly things yes, as he was being, exactly like, corrupted by evil... Well, I did like a white boar bone broth with pork belly, and then I used like moss as a slow those tendrils, so I covered it in this moss. So like, 
it visually depicted that event in the film, but also like still stuck with a very true to nature only in the imagery itself. So like I was doing that kind of stuff before TikTok, and then um, I did a Spirited Away themed dinner where I was it was half dishes that you saw in the film, and then yeah. half character studies as food. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and that was like six. That was probably like five or six years before I even filmed my first video, and that's what the things that I was doing. So, I mean, cooking creatively in this way was always something that I would that. It, that I done, one. like I'm tickled yeah. right. Now. It <laughs> yeah. makes me. It, I would love it, to revisit those dinners someday, but with this book, it's obviously this book is taking up all of the time, sure. which is fine, yeah, of course, as yes, it does. Sure. Yeah, um, but it's like, do you think it's just we can enjoy food and we can enjoy these spaces, like outdoor spaces? I guess in my in my case, when more parts of our brain are activated, like oh for sure. <laughs> I mean, just it's just like, like attaching loves to your other loves. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah, yeah. Ooh, loves to loves. Yeah. L- love is love is love is love. Out. Love. Loves to loves to <laughs> loves to loves is in. Ooh, I love loves to loves. Yes. Um, it's And it, it's a little bit strange to a lot of people because it's not a natural way of seeing the world. We're used to seeing things grouped into genre and grouped into discipline. And then when you start combining those things, um, I feel like you have some really really passionate adherence to that like some people really like to hear like jokes about the outdoors or pop culture infused cooking but and they're really really vocal about it but it, i think it, it turns a lot of people off right like it turns like purists off have you ever had I'm, to deal with that uh, i'm sure it does well the different there there are definitely different types of it when you're when you're when i was cooking uh when I was cooking food based off of animation and other sources of art, that generally didn't come with any kind of neti- negative criticisms. Um, I think Miyazaki, in general, um, that particular fan base t- tends to be a little more open-minded. Yeah, it's not like a, it's not like I'm cooking like Star Wars themed dinners that have yeah. like historic. Maybe you like, should try. Maybe I should try. <laughs> maybe you should. Little, maybe right. you should abandon the. F- the fucking Miyazaki crap and finally get to Star Wars. Star man. Wars. <laughs> it's just like, I feel a little too happy. I, yeah, this I one's wanna, called I want to expose chewy. myself to the fan wall. <laughs> yeah, Chewy. <laughs> uh, so, I w- but when it comes to, when it came to me starting to do like cross-cultural cuisine, yeah. after after the anime dinners, I started to cook like, you know, what I called like third culture Chinese food. Yeah. And that, ran in the heads of a lot of people who are purists and there are people who like are are, are purists about culture and certainly about their own and I I understand that but that's just that's just not how creativity works and that's not just that's just not how food evolves so it's hard like when you see the other side of it and you give yourself a chance for like seeing things blend into like various art forms blend into other various art forms it's really hard to go back (laughs) like I don't I I've had a few opportunities this past few years, like whenever my, my wife and I are deciding to like, we have like one night free and we're like, what do we do? Um, we, we could go and like try a Michelin star themed restaurant. That's supposed to be the blank, blank, blank restaurant in the city. And da, 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 da. And I'm always just like, I'd really rather not do that anymore. I think I'm, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm much into something that might be weirder and more of an experience and 
will will have like reliably excellent food like that's not what i'm concerned about i'm much more concerned about um having an evening with you where we can like laugh a lot more um, yeah. and we're not beholden to uh you know just just how many stars we're going to give a dish in particular yeah um, i think i think i've realized that it's been a really long time since i had like fine dining in that way but right but like you know L.A. Tacos is experiential dining. And some of the great... Yeah, exactly. Some of the greatest tasting things you'll ever have in life. And you do that sitting on, like, plastic stools that don't feel like they're going to bear the weight of your body. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, where the three legs connect. The three the legs. was, for some reason, <laughs> made two inches too short. And it's yeah, sort of, just wobbling. You know, the constant wobbling. It's <laughs> always really fun. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, it, I, I'm just so... I love so much that that um, I love so much that your brain works in a way that it's not like food is the thing. It's like culture is the thing, yeah. and that's going to give us the greatest experiences um, by 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 lighting up as much of ourselves as we can. Um, we're going to be able to have a lot more fun with 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 our patrons and the people who are making recipes. Um, Okay, now we're going to move into uh, a final section, which is uh, Kung Tu, the Kung Um <laughs> I don't know, man. I, really I don't know. What this means. <laughs> uh, the Kung Feel free to steal it. Um, Kung Tu, the Kung What What's going to come after the book? Do you know, or are you living in the moment? Um, Either one is fine. Some rest uh, will be... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to probably take... I toyed with the idea of taking a break, but even then, my idea of taking a break still includes filming content. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I don't know. I've come to realize that I really do truly enjoy what I do now as a content creator to the point where it's like time off also includes some kind of documenting and creating of, of some kind. But it will be in my mind like a holiday just to only have one job. Yeah, like I can be just a content creator as opposed to like content creator and writer, soon to be author. Yeah, um, and of course, like hopefully, if the book does well, I'll be working on a second book. But that's later on down the road. I feel like because I was managing or, or I was starting a YouTube channel, writing a book, and riding the TikTok wave at the same time, I was kind of robbed of the experience of what being a writer or in my mind what being a writer was Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so it was just like hopping from one thing to another like I want I want like the uh, the full kind of like shut yourself in in a house during in Maine in the winter experience I want the full Stephen King yeah Um, I was just talking to Tyler Gaysa and he was like yeah I (laughs) I rented a house in Lake Arrowhead that's exactly what you're supposed to do I locked myself in for four days I felt spooky (laughs) and I wrote at night and then I would walk outside because I wanted to feel spookier and I would get too spooky and I came back inside and I wrote a little bit more then I went in the hot tub and sometimes being in a hot tub was too spooky so then I would go back inside I was like that that is see that is that is what I want so um, I'm not going to go as far as that. I'm probably going to rent like one of those like new the tiny post millennial yeah post millennial hipster cabins. What are those called? Like a faraway house or something unsponsored, oh, I, but whatever. I, I no you idea. can you can give me a couple a week's stay. I'll write a book in your cabin. But okay, great, cool. Sounds yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about but, me? Like, I don't have the, a cabin. 
they're kind of like oh I was I was you can stay in my guest room. We just got we just got uh we just got uh sliding doors on there. You want to stay in there? You get you can see the headlights from Laurel Canyon come right into the window. It's really wonderful. Practically camping. Yeah, I know. That's where you want to go to get away from it all. But yeah, the, there. I, I was gonna like you know in the winter time, probably in the the thumb of Michigan, which is like right. Yeah, there we go. If you can picture Michigan, it's like the thumb right here, um, and probably just camp there for a couple of days. Bring my dog, and oh, yeah. it's it's definitely a glamping situation because like there are hot showers and stuff. Because like you know, it's fine, man. It's right, fine. exactly, exactly. Don't, I don't. I'm I don't appreciate to... that apologetic tone of voice. Don't do that on my podcast. <laughs> This podcast is for owning your whole existence. Yeah. I know. I got ca- I got canceled by the Tree Lab. You'll say it many times because I said I like air conditioning. I oh like. no! I'm just How kidding. How dare Nobody you? Me <laughs> They've tried. They can't get me. I'm, I'm too big. Have you big. tried? Like, has has anybody really tr- truly tried? I've I've known people who have been fully canceled. Um, me too. But at the same time, as like, yeah. <laughs> So I can't ever compare my experiences with theirs, but I know people have tried. Like niche canceling? Well, yeah. it's, it's just like, it's. I think it's just like stuff that kind of like you know, lives in your head a little rent-free, which is like somebody will make maybe half of a good point in some comment, then it'll get like a bajillion likes and you'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking yeah. about that for the next... And guess what? Nobody really cares in real right. life it's unless true. you're an it awful doesn't, person. It doesn't exist outside of your phone. It doesn't. Um, it, and it, because we live in our phones, like, you know, truly, like you and I have our careers in there, so it feels a little bit more real, at least the emotions that are attached to it do. But again, it, it really has no... It has no. It should have no weight outside the physical world. But I, I think like one of the main issues that that we have on me, new media mm-hmm. is that people try to attach morality to like just not liking something. So they yeah. need to have like a moral justification of why they do not like something. Yeah, yeah. It's um. It's this past week's been a banner year for that. I, yeah. A banner. A banner week for that. My God. Um. We don't have to talk about it. Uh, but no, yeah, exactly. It's just like both action and inaction uh, at this point on social media can be perceived as as like huge moves. That's oh, yeah, for sure. And when really it's just like oftentimes it's just people understanding that there are lanes that they need to stay in and there is no right move. There is literally in certain situations there is no right move that you can make including not making one. So yeah. at that point it's just, you know, my move is just to curl up into a ball and <sighs> I told you you like to be cozy. You yeah, do, I like do like the shirt. You like like a thick Hemingway sweater. I mean, maybe, do... perhaps a perhaps maybe a caftan. Oh, a caftan. I didn't yeah. think about like a caftan, a peach belt velveteen blazer. Um, and just that's just a phrase I like from some David Sedaris story that I always like to pop out <laughs> she made me put on my peach velveteen blazer um, anyway John uh, this has been really 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 fun I'm so excited uh, for Kung Fu it's going to be great it's going to be a great month for you uh, talk to us about uh, your tour dates your cities where are you going yeah, so I will be starting on October 30th. I will be in New York, and cool. then I don't know any of the other dates after Excellent. that. You but heard it here first. John yeah. doesn't care. <laughs> John doesn't care about you. 
But I will be hitting New York City from the 30th to the 3rd, San Francisco the 4th and the 5th, Los Angeles the 7th, um, and then there's a little bit of like uh, 7th to the 9th. I'm in Los Angeles. Cool. Chicago will I'll book be... I'll you for two of those days in my guest room. Sounds great. Perfect. Perfect. Chicago is the 10th to the 11th, and then Detroit is um, later on. That one is on the 16th um, in Detroit. And then there's, like, Ann Arbor afterwards, but <laughs> it's oh, okay. fine. Wow. Sorry. Sorry, Ann Arbor. Jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it Have you ever first. been? It is the city of no. trees. Ah, it's in the name. Know, there's, there's a lot of cities of trees in the United States. Oh, that um, makes sense. There's a, it's a certain designation you can have. Pasadena is a city of trees. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of them. Um, I forget what it actually means, but um, I'm glad Ann Arbor is a city of trees. Uh, city of trees is going to be my great American novel that I write. That I would read. That that actually sounds like a city like someone's trees. magnum opus. That's yeah. just it, it sounds like something that would be assigned in high school. Kind of, but also just like a murder novel. City of oh, Trees. Oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> uh, John, this is so fun. Uh, you're awesome. You've been awesome since the day you were born. Uh, continue to continue to be awesome. Things are going to... I, I think things are finally looking up for you. Finally. Uh, the release of this book. <laughs> Thank you so it's much. It's going to be a really wonderful fall and winter. And uh, looking forward someday to, to hanging out with you in person. Yeah, uh, we, can, we can go for a run. We, we just... Don't. Just I was going to say to that after you, after I was done with the official podcast part, and then I was like, okay, then we can go. For, but okay, now okay. everybody knows yeah. that John and I are gonna go. <laughs> gonna go, we're going to go for a run. Okay, we'll be around the Hollywood Reservoir at one point because that's the only place that people can go on a run and not be like <laughs> the whole time if they want to have a conversation with each other. Um, so look out for John and I around the Hollywood Reservoir sometime between November seventh and 9th. We will be there. Um, and yeah, John, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. Thank you so much for having me.